the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the Total Financial Hour. Now higher income strategy. All right, welcome to the show. That's me, Eric Hallaby. Thanks for joining us on The Answer, AM870, The Answer, The Total Financial Hour. We're here every week at this time. We're talking about your family's finances. And uh, uh, yes, I am not a robot. Thanks, Dennis. That was a great spot, wasn't it? Uh, we were recorded that last week, and we uh, were talking about, uh, listen, a lot of times you're paying for something uh, when you have any service. I don't care if you're getting a lawn mowed, if you're buying a meal at a restaurant. What are you buying? Well, you're expecting to receive something back. So ask yourself, when you are paying advisory fees, when you're paying fees to your broker, fine. But what are you receiving back? If it's not what you think, or if it's more than more fees than what you think, you have to ask yourself, is it worth it? I can't tell you how many times we see problems where people have no idea. I'm going to get to, to that story here in a few minutes. Uh, I think you're going to be shocked. I, I think a lot of people forget that it's your money, your account. You know how many times I've worked with people and their brokers and their their um, uh I, I don't know, the brokerage firms, they'll sit there and they'll actually use pressure on you. They'll talk to you like you're, like it's their money and, and they'll push you around and they'll make you feel bad and you go, I don't want to call them. Like you're trying to break up with a girlfriend or a boyfriend or, ah, you know what, I, I don't want to talk to my mother-in-law. Just, you know what, whatever. Just you take it. <laughs> and you're like, this is your money, folks. So, I don't know. All right, hey, I want to start with a, a, a couple of things. Number one, give us a call if you have a question. You can go to 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. That's 888-997-3847. Now that call, that number works during the week. So if you have a question during the week, certainly, or if you'd like to get together, you want a quick phone appointment, something like that, we can uh, we can handle just about everything. Okay. This is kind of important because a lot of you are either receiving or going to be receiving a pension from CalSTRS, which is the California Teacher Retirement System. Okay. It's the second largest in the state. CalPERS, which is the public employee retirement system, is the largest. Uh, Just so that you have a a clear understanding, we're going to keep it brief, of course, but understand the way pensions work. During your working years, 30 or 40 years, whatever that might be, they're taking some of your money and they're putting it into this bucket. In addition to that, the entity that you work for, the city, county, state, district, also puts money in. And then it the money that's there from the previous years is earning interest. So there's three different buckets of dollars that go in. The city or the county or the state, your dollars, and the interest that it generates itself. Now, altogether, that's supposed to be enough to pay off <clears throat> or pay out the people that are on the other side that are retiring, that have been there 30 or 40 years. See where I'm going with this? So there's three different people. Now, they're never going to be equal I don't know if they're supposed to be. Maybe at one point they thought they might, but they're never going to be equal. They aren't equal. Some years, you know, the interest is much better than the contribution. Some years people retire earlier, whatever it might be. So just understand those are the three pieces. Now, why is that important? Because the part that says it's the county, city, state, that part, understand something. They don't make money from air. It doesn't just come from selling widgets that they made for a dollar and they sell it for two dollars. It comes from taxpayers, property taxpayers, sales taxpayers, uh, use tax, income tax. It comes from the people that are probably, most of them anyway, most, that are not receiving a pension. So they are paying so that others can receive a pension. So at least you better be thinking, well, they better be doing something good for that. Well, listen, teachers are, are working their fannies off. Don't get me wrong. They're working hard. They're doing what they're supposed to do. Most of them are good good people when they're not dating their students. 
It's like you can't go a week without watching this on the news. Listen, today's world is different, right? We hear news about Scranton, Pennsylvania, about Portland, Oregon. We hear news about Dallas, Texas. So it acts like it's in your own backyard. When And before it used to be, you just heard about, you know, I don't know, 50-mile radius, and that was about it, or maybe some large world event. Otherwise, you don't care what's happening in the remote regions of Turkey or the southern parts of Australia. Nobody cares, right, unless you have family there. But today we're hearing about everything, so I guess it sounds like every beautiful former cheerleader, 27-year-old teacher is sleeping with her 17-year-old son, somebody's son, or you know, whatever. Most teachers aren't that way. <clears throat> they were probably in the band instead of cheerleading. Just kidding. Most teachers <laughs> were... Uh, are, are doing a good job. They're working hard. I, you can remember, I can remember every single elementary teacher's name. Do you know that? And I can tell you my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. Lee, the impact she made in my life. Fifth grade. It was just a few years ago. So you better think about this if you're an educator or, or you're supporting them, uh, the difference, the impact, good and bad, that they can have. So when, when it comes to paying them a pension, we understand that that's okay. But remember how I said one of the three components was the interest that they earn. So they are guessing. We expect to make 8% next year. That's what we're building this whole portfolio on is 8% return. Well, surprise, they haven't earned it, not for a long time. So they lowered it to 7.5%. And then in February this year, they lowered it to 7%. 7. Now, what does that mean? It means that because the dollars that are going out are still the same and they're earning less money, the other two parts of the triangle have to put in more money, which means the employees and the taxpayers. So how do they do that? Well, employees get a pay raise and then it goes from their left pocket right back into the pension system. You're going to start seeing another wave of protest because teachers are going to be saying, listen, I received a pay raise, but my take-home didn't change. The Trump tax cuts gave them a lot more money in their pocket because most teachers are in that, price, uh, uh, that income range where they received a lot more money, usually about 2000 If you think about it, it's like $160, $180 a month net in their pocket. If you think that's crumbs and chump changes, Nancy Pelosi says, um, you heard my phone number earlier. Call, ask for the address, and send me $180 a month. I'd be okay with that. I'll find an amazing charity that would appreciate it before sundown. So realize that the Trump tax cuts are going to give you money in your pocket. But the pension system miscalculated not once, but twice in the last three years of the amount of money they were supposed to earn. That means you have to put more money in. Now, you're not going to put that much in because you're going to be protesting and, you know, going out on the streets and holding the signs. So then what are the educators going to require to do? The cities, county, states to put more money in. Now... As a result, the CalSTRS unfunded liability, just the CalSTRS, their admission, this isn't the truth, by the way. I know the truth on another, because an independent group, an independent group did the research. Nonpartisan, doesn't matter. Just on their numbers, it's $97 billion. 64% funded. That means that it, it has 64 cents of every dollar that it needs. Across, that's CalSTRS, by the way. Across the United States, public pension plans are reviewing market forecasts, slower growth projections, and dampened expectations. Right? You've heard me say, a correction. A correction. What does that mean? It's like it's wrong for you to make money. We're looking at a readjustment of the correction of the situation based on the allocation of the normalization of... You're like, dude, Really? How much money do I make? How much comes in? How much can I spend? You understand that Wall Street speaks like that to one, justify their existence, and two, to confuse you. They know I am in meetings with them. I sit with these brokers. They know you don't understand the stuff they sent you. They know that. So don't think that, that you're supposed to, and you nod, and you, you furrow your brow, and you give a huh, long sideways nod. Hmm. Yeah, oh, 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 oh. A little shock, point with your finger, nod. Lift those brows up. There you go. Oh, as if you even understand past page one. Look, most brokers don't understand past page three. 
There's 75 pages in some of these things. So don't feel bad. It doesn't make sense. Here's what they expect. During the financial crisis in 2008 and 2009, Al Sturz lost about a quarter of its total value. Folks, that's 25%. Just so you understand, today it's worth about $200 billion. That means they lost $50 billion. It's a lot of money. Meanwhile, even budgets, even when budgets were balanced, right, many state governments are starting to force these entities to balance their budgets. Another study by the CPPC, which is one of the California pension uh, committees and the boards, takes a look. They published in 2013, so we're going back a little ways. The debt crisis alone in 2013 estimated California state and local bond debt back then at $382 billion. Now, that's just the state's overspending on other things. That's the county's overspending on other things. Today, it's about $500 billion, plus or minus. Back in 2013, when this report was published, based on 2012's numbers, it was nearly $400 billion. Right Today, it's about $500 billion. The same study reported California's unofficially recognized state and local unfunded retirement, health insurance, and pension obligations for the whole state back then was $265 billion. All right, $265, I carry the one. Folks, when you add it all up, just so you know, today it's about $1 trillion with a T. That's what they expect it to be. One trillion. Your pension is important, but it's not that important. They're not going to pay you 100% of what you think when you're 35 or 48 years old when you're going to retire at 65. I just don't... I'm, listen, that's a, that's a guess, right? That's Arif's opinion based on numbers. I'm just a math and logic guy. One plus one is two. We carry the one. It's pretty simple. Whether you believe it or you want it, listen, you've heard me say, you can hold out a sign where you're asking for more money as an educator and you're stopping traffic and the kids are now out on the street and you're supposed to be paid to teach and they're giving you so much crazy curriculum these days that socially readjusting and engineering and you're supposed to teach and then they're, they're not paying you what you think you deserve and at the end, if there isn't money, it doesn't matter how loud you scream. So here's what happens. Right? I was part of that. I was part of the police union there for a little while. And as a shop steward for a few years, right? we call shop foreman, same idea. We called it a delegate. And my job was to f- try to find the money. I mean, we didn't really do forensic accounting. But our job was to say, okay, our people told us you guys hid money. And sometimes the city of L.A. did, by the way. I had a friend who worked in the CAO's office, chief administrator, and he said just before union negotiations, they transfer out some money, believe it or not, because they're forced by law or negotiations rules to, to show the books. So the city would transfer money out to different places, right? It would be like you have $100,000 sitting in your checking account, and it comes time to apply for your child's school. Well, if you put that down on the FAFSA, you're not getting that money. But if you take it and you pay it down towards your house mortgage... Sorry, I'm broke. Your house is worth a lot less, but I mean, I mean, owes a lot less. You go through your FAFSA and you get a home equity line and you pull the money right back out. It's back in your checking account the next month. People do that, right? City's no different. So I understand when they say the district has money. Look at what the administrators, you can go to transparentcalifornia.com. It'll tell you what everybody's being paid. Type in your administrator's name. Type in your school district's name. See who's being paid more money. Now, listen, I'm not saying they shouldn't be paid money. It's a career. But don't tell me you don't have money because it'll show you the last four or five years. You can see the pay increases. If an administrator is making 6 8 10% pay increase and they've been freezing your pay as a teacher, you've got to ask yourself, what are they doing with the money? Because I think an educator is being pushed around sometimes, financially speaking. But you understand there's a $1 trillion debt in California. And these crazies in Sacramento want to spend some more money 
on a train system. We have the biggest drought that we've ever had, according to some. Instead of solving that, building dams and catchment basins and, and bringing some, there's, there's ideas of pipelines coming down from the, Colora, uh, the Columbia River. Have you ever been up there? Take a look at the water that's rushing out to the sea. Fresh water, bye-bye, gone. And running pipelines out to the, uh, out to the Pacific, maybe 30, 40 miles out, maybe 200 feet deep, and running it down the coast and bringing in two inlets, one into the San Jose area, one into uh, Los Angeles. If it leaks, oops, it's water going into water. Hurt me. When it comes in, you treat the water, right? Well, no different. You imagine how easy that, if we had a, a campaign of people in California that weren't, a, what are you going to do? You're taking fresh water from water to make fresh water to make water. It's not a big deal, guys. You don't think the 50, 60, 80 billion dollars is enough to do that? I don't know. Maybe it is. It's certainly a good start. Well, Washington and Oregon. Listen, it's going out to the sea anyway. You just put a, I mean, listen, I get there's engineering stuff. But just keep it simple, guys. You hire the engineers to figure this stuff out. And meanwhile, California is blowing your money like nobody's business. So if you are a teacher and you're expecting a pension, here's my, my thoughts. I believe there's a 100% likelihood that they're going to have to make changes. Not 10%, not 1%, not 95 They have to make changes. Now, if you're 72 years old and you're... You're getting a pension as a teacher, CalSTRS pension. Well, I think you're not going to have a problem. There's enough money there to pay for your life expectancy. I'm not worried about that. But if you're a 38-year-old single mother, they're going to take more money from your paycheck. If you're a 45-year-old, uh, one-income father, so your, your wife and two kids and, or four kids can stay at home while you have a career, they're probably going to take from your paycheck a lot more. And then when you retire, it's probably going to be a little longer and or less pay. That's what I expect. There just isn't the money, guys. So you need to be saving in your 403B accounts, which is your TSA, tax-sheltered annuity. They're the same thing. I think you have to be saving in that. Whether it's the TSA, the 403B Roth, which means it's post-tax money, or pre-tax money, that's up to you, your advisor, uh, your CPA. But I think you need to be saving somewhere because you're going to have to be a part of your own retirement. The days of closing your eyes and waking up with a 35-year career, a gold watch, and a pension doesn't exist anymore. You've heard my health care story, right? My health care. $3,000 a month, you guys, for health insurance, which means I have to make five or six, pay taxes on that money, get my three. And that doesn't include the $12,000 deductible. What do you think is going to happen to you? And I'm 50 years old. You're 45. You don't think they're going to mess with your health care portion of the pension? There's going to be changes, you guys. You have to prepare and plan. I worry about that because enough of you aren't doing that. Okay, what about this? We're, we talk about selecting uh, a place for retirement. One of the things that we've seen, which is exciting today, is you can retire all over the world. We see it. There's enclaves down in Mexico. There's uh, expat communities where English is spoken as a first language, but in, by and large. You have amazing amenities. You live like a king on, a social, on one Social Security check, 2500 a month. You live like a queen on, your, on a pension. You have a home. You have all the amenities that you think of, friends. It's just like living in a Del Webb community down in, in Mexico. There's amazing places. There's places that you, you can live down in Yuma, Arizona, or outside of Colorado, uh, Denver, Colorado. There are places out in Dallas, outside of Dallas. You don't have to retire in California. Now they say, Eric, if you can't do that, you're pulling away our tax bases. Well, you know what, darn it, you guys? Get in order. You really think that you're doing the right thing? When Kevin DeLeon refused refused to eliminate 3,000 extra jobs that were an overlap. In other words, there were three people doing two jobs for Caltrans. 
And instead of through attrition and letting them go, which means less pension payment, which means, hey, listen, uh, Joe, you've been a great guy. Mary, you've worked with us for so long. It's time for you to go do something else. Try to find another job that's open. Maybe somebody else is quitting or retiring. If there isn't, we're going to give you six months of pay or, or retraining or three months of pay. And you've got to go do something else. Nobody says you're entitled to work for the city, state, county forever. Nobody says that. You go get another job. Sorry, that's the way it goes. But instead, these are all union-paying people. And the union that represents them said no. So instead of the politicians standing up and saying, well, listen, this is best for the state. Less money to have to put in, less uh, money we have to spend. Instead, they said, no, sorry, we're going to keep these people employed. I can tell you, especially the Democrats, they're the ones governing right now. The, The Republicans are not. They're... Fixtures on the wall, they look good. They even have a few good things to say now and again. The impact they make is, is minimal. I mean, it's there. Maybe once in a while they'll stand up and, and really put their foot down. There's a couple of really good guys and gals up there. I get it. But we are a single-party state for all intents and purposes with a far-left progressive governor who is driving this state into bankruptcy. I just came back from visiting two states. I have a daughter that's going to be attending college. And let me tell you, to a person... When they find out you're from California, you are a joke. The state, the politicians, they laugh at you. They think you're incompetent. And I'm talking from a gas station worker to an executive. They all look at you and go, what's going on? It's always the same. What's going on in California? I said, well, I don't know. We have, we have uh, the, what is it? The inmates are running the asylum, right? It's, it's not about common sense. So protect your retirement. A lot of you are choosing to retire outside of California. We used to retire where you were raised. We used to retire where you were, uh, where you raised your kids maybe, right? Today, between Amazon, FedEx, the advent of Skype and email, all of your old expectations of where to retire, they've been thrown out the window. Today, as long as there is an airport close by, We can see our kids or grandkids even the same day. You can fly in for lunch in many places. With the addition of Uber and Lyft, mobility for seniors has gone out. I didn't have to rely on my kids to take me to my doctor's appointments. You push a little app on your button, on your phone. No longer do you have to live next door to your daughter or your son or upstairs or downstairs from them. So what does this all have to do with your retirement location? Simple. Today, more than 80% of the nation is acceptable, normal, uh, financially able to retire on just one or two Social Security checks. Do you know that? About 80% of the country. You might say, oh, who wants to live in the desert in the middle of nowhere? No, 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 folks. I'm talking about, look, you can scrap out the Hamptons. You can push aside Miami Beach, San Diego. You can push aside... Uh, Playa del Mar and Beverly Hills. But besides that, folks, there's some amazing places you can live all throughout the country. And nobody says you can't have a condo or a small home or just keep your home in California and come back and visit now and again. That's your vacation home, right? Just like people have a vacation home in Florida or or Aspen, you can have a vacation home in your city. And your residence is Henderson, Nevada. Your residence is... uh, uh, Phoenix or Bo- Boise, Idaho. You're in the summer. It's beautiful up there. Right? Not as hot as it is here. And then it's nicer up there. So you can adjust this and live very nicely in many of these places. So saving money on taxes and having a better quality of life is more important than ever. That includes homeless people all over, right? When we talk about quality of life, I drove down to, um, down to LA yesterday when and uh, had dinner with some friends. Oh my gosh, exit the freeway at Vermont. Take a look at the freeways, uh, the, the city, all around Wilshire, Olympic. You have homeless people. You have people that are half naked, screaming in the middle of... lady was, was screaming at people at the bus stop uh, in front of a gas station. I, I don't know. You strip away the right of the people to live a life that's unhindered. And instead, you have folks running around. Listen, I think we need body cams on the police, on city council, on your mayor. 
You absolutely, if you are going to require police officers to have body cams, and I'm for it, I was a policeman for almost 11 years, then you need to require police commission, your chief of police, commanding officers, and more importantly, you need to require city council to have a body cam when they are speaking and working on city business. Now, when they go home, you can shut it. Of course, they're not supposed to have it, just like a police officer doesn't. But you need to know what those, what those guys and gals are saying. If you're a city council person, have you not seen that way they harass, put down people? We need to protect those folks. And those school board people, especially that president, you need a body cam on them. All right, we're going to be back in just a minute. We talked about selecting the places where you're going to retire. Next, we've got a story for you that's going to blow client some of the fees that they are paying. I think it's going to rock your world. Wait till you find out. I'm Eric Hallaby. Nine, uh, listen, eight 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 ninety nine retire, triple eight nine nine seven three eight four seven. Give me a call. Total Financial Hour on AM eight seventy. The answer. Stay with me. We'll be right back. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Eric Fallaby. For those of you just joining us, we're the total financial hour. On AM 870, the answer. Of course, you know that. The little dial. Talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for your future. That's often a part of our conversations. And the reason really is simple. Uh, I just think today there's so many crazy uh, places that you can go. And they, they try to use big words and fancy graphs and charts to make them look good. I think because sometimes they're not confident. And so they have to say it verbally and show you and make you believe that they're smarter than anybody and they use computer algorithms that nobody else can use. And the way, listen, when I started in the financial world, I had access to information you didn't have. Very simple. I had software programs. I had computer screens, uh, thousands of dollars a year. So you would come to me, hey, Arif, what do you think? And I would say, well, let me think. And I'd sit back in my chair, do my research. Honestly, we would stuff and and we would put together a plan, or it's called a financial needs analysis. We would do some things, and the computer would uh, spit out a plan and say, here's what you would do, and here the situation and this situation. Today, you get better information, faster information, than we ever had access to for free. So I, I'm sure the brokers are doing something, right? There's somebody managing the money somewhere doing something. But it used to be that it was a half a percent and then 0.9 and then 1% fee and then one and a quarter percent fee. And I had uh, lunch with the broker a couple weeks ago and he said, Eric, by the time we're done, it's about 1.7%. I'm like, this is for a brokerage account with mutual funds and ETFs. He said, yeah, well, there's fees and sub fees and accounting fees and management fees and legal fees and wow, 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 wow. I said, but then what happens? You know, I'm not a jerk about it. I'm polite, of course. We can disagree and still be polite, I think. And I said, so then what happens if they lose money, though? He goes, well, that's part of the game. That's part of the system. You know, we understand that that's what happens. I said, but you guys still take a fee, right? Well, yeah, but we get paid less because the account went down. I'm like, really? It's like a burglar coming into your house. Hey, I understand there's a recession. You had your refrigerator repossessed, your one couch, and uh, the refrigerator. So, hey, listen, I'm a burglar. I understand. It's tough times for me, too. I only get to rip off one of your paintings in the dishwasher. That's it. <laughs> You're like, thank you, Mr. Burglar, for only stealing some of my stuff, right? The burglar doesn't get to take anything because they're stealing. Now, I don't, I don't know and think your brokers are stealing, but the point is just because you have less, that's their reasoning for making less money. No, you messed up. You lost my money. You should be fired. What do you mean? Unless I'm hiring you to send me statements. To talk to me on the phone once or twice or three times a year, that's fine. Ask me. Uh, so people come to me and they said, uh, Arif, here's my brokerage account. I said, great. I'm, I'm not going to give you recommendations on that. They said, uh, I said, so who makes the decisions on this? Tell me about this account. They said, well, my, I do. I said, really? He goes, well, actually, here's what happens. My broker calls. And says, hey, what do you think about buying XYZ stock? 
and I ask a couple questions, but I really don't know what to ask. And he tells me some things. He gets into really big words, talks about the allocation of the transfer and the moving of the, and you go, hmm. and then I agree to it. Now, you know they have that on a recorded line. And so they say, so the broker says, see, I consulted with the client about the risk deviation of the allocation versed on, and you just go, uh-huh. Especially the higher educated you are. Bachelor's, master's, Ph.D. If you're a professional in your industry, you don't want to be called a dummy. Listen, it's just me and you on the radio, so just let's talk for a minute. You don't want to be called a dummy. You don't want to be... Most people are are like, listen, hey, I, I understand these things, at least on some level, right? We get it a little bit. But when I look at people's accounts, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying there's no coordination. The broker doesn't ask you what about your other accounts and what's the overlap and what's the... Nobody understands that stuff. Now, there are people that do, but most people I've met don't have that person as a broker. Well, I want to find that person. You don't have $100 million. That's... Right? We had a client had $10.5 million. Huge amount. Big, big, big number. Big number. 10.5. We looked at the... That was their net worth, I should say. They had, uh, I think, 2.7 between cash and some other things. The broker was making about $110,000 a year, best I could determine. Now, if that broker lived in Wyoming, Colorado, a lot of places around the country, and made $110,000 a year, they could have one client. That's it. That means that person is calling you weekly. They're coming to your house. They're flying, right? They're Skyping you, whatever they need to do. That's all they had. And they earned $110,000. Somebody earned $110,000. It left your account and went to theirs. So if there's that much money, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, somebody better be producing something. So here's the client uh, account of the week here. Let me share this with you. We had a gentleman come into the office who had a brokerage account that he was told he paid less than 1% in fees. Now, his broker was a family friend. In fact, the father was their family broker before this. So 40-plus years between on the family, right? And the son took over after the father, I think, retired and then has since passed away. So this, this man is, I don't know, he's in his 30s, but he's the broker now. So you would think a sense of honesty, integrity, loyalty, dedication, it would be owed to the client. So instead, after we called and we found out the fees were closer to two and a quarter percent, you guys, not less than one. And they totaled over $11,000 a year or nearly $1,000 a month in fees. It's funny. Look, Wall Street, the Wall Street world is unwilling to reduce the fees to dollars per month. That is, they can use whatever terms they want. Why? I don't know. But let's just go back to common sense. If those fees were reduced to dollars per month, that's how you and I spend money. That's how we make money. What is your monthly mortgage? What is your mortgage? Uh, $2,000. That's per month. We don't say 24000 a year or 2.6% or we don't say that. What's your electric bill per month? What's your car payment per month? Car insurance per month. Get it? We live per month. We make money per month. We live per month. We don't live in percentages. We live in dollars. We pay our grocery bill in dollars. I don't know why Wall Street finds it so, uh, I don't know, important to use percentages because regular folks don't spend percentages per year. They spend dollars per month. And it's less threatening to us if they sugarcoat the truth. But in fact, we want truth and clarity, don't we? We should be told the truth of the fees and then make a decision. If it's best for you, fantastic. I'm never not for you. Uh, I'm never for you not taking risks with some money or making some money or taking some chance. That's fine. I think that's a great thing for you if that's what you want to do. But what I don't think is great is the cover-up. What I don't think is uh, is a good thing, because when when we looked at the overall numbers and there was a thousand dollars a month in fees, you understand the client was taking out five hundred dollars a month to live on, supplementing his income, living on five hundred a month, no big deal. 
and the broker or somebody was taking out nearly a thousand a month. Who worked for this money? Listen, we can help you at least find out the truth. You you can say, no, thank you. I'm not interested. I don't care. It's fine, guys. It's good. It's okay. But somebody better be looking at your account and giving you the truth, a second opinion, a second set of eyes. 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. You might say, listen, uh, look, I can give you, I probably get three or four or five of these a week. And maybe one every two weeks where it's exactly what the person thought. It's what they wanted. They were fine. They love it. Sometimes once or twice in a week, but usually it averages about one every two weeks where the person is doing wonderful. They say, that's great. I like it. Not bad. They're happy. Wouldn't that be great to know that? Right? I think it'd be. All right. Transitioning to my scams, frauds, and Ponzi scheme section. I thought I would add this because I often see that time and again, people are tricked into what they think is a financial vehicle, and it turns out it's not. Uh, Westchester, New York, a hedge fund manager named Michael Skronik. Maybe, uh, they say, maybe trading soon his high-flying lifestyle for a sell. Here's why. This guy's 46 years old. On Thursday, he pleaded guilty to securities fraud, admitting that he defrauded 45 investors. He pled guilty. It's over. Sentencing is now coming up. Many of these people were his friends. Total of $22 million. He was running a fake hedge fund scheme from a hedge fund from his home. In seven plus years, seven years this guy was running this scam. He posted only one positive quarter. One positive quarter. Everything else was phony. Court papers also re- revealed that he would claim unusually high annual returns of as much as 13% per year. So if you saw paperwork, you're like, oh, 13%. You need to always be able to independently, independently verify. Your statement shouldn't just have the account or the phone number for the broker directly to their home office, to their cell phone or to their office. It should be to go directly to the company behind their back. You should be able to find that same phone number on the internet behind the, you know, behind the scenes. Double check. His fund, this guy, his fund was wholly unsuccessful. The Manhattan U.S. attorney says there were millions of dollars in losses because this guy had no clue what he was doing and he started out scamming people. As of late as late as June thirtieth, June thirtieth, he claimed to manage twenty one point seven million dollars. Twenty one point seven. That's what he said he's managing. That's what was on the books. That's what he said. How much was really on the books? One hundred and two thousand three hundred and seventy six dollars. He lost fifteen point seven million. Gone. The difference. Ready. About $4 million, $5 million, depending on who, the math. He used. Bought houses, bought cars, took a salary of 500000 a year, had a $12,000 a month mortgage payment. Nice. Country club, beach clubs. So how do you protect yourself from these kind of son of a guns? Number one, you always double check access. If everything that you get, Bernie Madoff did this. If everything you received on a statement came through their office, I'm okay if they give you a courtesy statement. Hey, this is what we have so far. But they're pulling it, or they should be pulling it from public, from accessible data that you could access. Not public, but, but in other words, it's from a portal that's like a read-only portal. They can go in, pull the, the information, look at it, got it. They can report it to you. What I don't want, is for them to be able to go in their office, is what Bernie Madoff was doing, and recreating statements like, eh, hey, put in there a 6% return this month. Everybody goes, bup, 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 puts it in, done. I prefer that you have the access behind the back of this guy. And double-checking, if it's the S&P 500, it's the S&P 500, everybody knows it, you can find it on your phone. <clears throat> if it's NASDAQ, it's NASDAQ, I don't care. But it better be pretty straightforward. What I don't want is for there to be uh, access to the stuff that, is only through the office. They expect this guy to get somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 years in prison. At least that's the maximum. 
20 years in prison. I think asking yourself, how do you protect yourself? Many of you have been taken in these scams. We had a client come in, upper middle class couple. She's a stay-at-home mom. They had some credit card debt, and they had some money savings in, in savings that they had inherited, and it just sat there for quite some time. He worked hard, worked long hours. He was gone. She said, I want to contribute financially. She had worked before, before they had uh, her, their two children. She says, I want to contribute financially to the household. Somehow she got solicited. I don't know if it was on the uh, email or if it was a phone call. And it said, we can help you. Well, you won some sort of lotto. I think it was the Canadian lottery. Right? You've heard the scams. You've won the Canadian lottery. <laughs> Why is your cell phone come up to Nigeria? <laughs> what is that area code? Oh, well, yeah. So she put in, I think it was $500. And they paid her back because she had to pay the taxes. They paid her $2,000. She's like, well, that's pretty good. Because she said, listen, if I lose $500, it sounds like this guy's really good. It sounds like it's legit. They g- she gave $500, and in return, she got back two, uh, $2,000. They put her back into the lotto for the next regional prize or grand prize, whatever it was. And then it went up to, I think it was 10000 so she had to give $3,000, right? So these scammers took their $2,000 back plus $1,000 more. And so, lo and behold, she won $10,000. So she got her $10,000 back, right? If you do the math, plus, minus, plus, minus, at the end, the final scam was she had to write a check for twenty-five grand, And she was out, gone. So she comes to my office, and she had revealed it to her husband just before arriving at my office. Hey, by the way, you know, we're coming in. I need to tell you about what I did with $25,000. And this is not a dummy. This is a smart lady, college educated. Husband is upper middle class executive. And the shame and the embarrassment almost kept her from revealing it. It's happened to people. The reason I'm in this business is because I got scammed. I was 28 years old. And one, and not one, but three different scams took most of my money. And I thought, you're kidding me. I was a policeman. I carried a gun. And here I am. And these guys aren't afraid to rip me off. I was 26. So I started in this business at 28. So I went back to school for a couple of years and uh, basically got my education back on track. I said, this can't, this can't be. I better learn this financial stuff. Went back to school. 28 years old, so you can do the math. 22 years ago, I started in this business. In fact, next month... Six weeks or so, it'll be 22 years. Being ripped off was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because it turned me into an advocate for other people and helped us create a business that helped serve people. So you're not always grateful when it happens, of course. And this son of a gun, hopefully he gets 20 years in prison they confiscated everything, but he's mortgaged to the hills. And he, he, whether he hid the money or spent the money, it's very little to be found. And these people are going to lose $15 million plus. And that's pretty sad. Because you guys work for this money, not these crooks. Right? At least comes into your house or they rob you at the liquor store or something. You see them. They have the guts. You know what they look like. Or maybe they have a mask on their face, but they're in front of you. And there isn't a sense of trust. And when these crooks come into your life, whether it's a broker whose father was in the business and he's been in the business now and it's 40 years and you feel deceived because this particular person was paying, uh, was charging you three times the Telling you to your face it's less than 1%, and the truth is it's more than 2 Of course you're upset. Of course you feel betrayed and violated. You're supposed to. You're a human being. Listen, I don't care if they have fancy commercials on the Super Bowl or great magazine ads. Very simple. When the market goes up, can I make money? the market goes down, do I stay the same? That's what we do. For some or part of your money... We use fixed indexed annuities. A client called or a gentleman called the other day from, from the radio show and said, you know, I wasn't real clear on what you did. Listen, I t- say it just about every show, I don't know, three times, maybe two, or depending on when you listen, maybe you miss it. Simple enough. Guaranteed income source from a variety of reliable sources. So we use fixed, fixed indexed, 
products that don't charge a monthly fee. You might say, oh, I have one of those, but I pay 0.9% fees. I think that's a, not a scam. It's not a scam. I think it's a ripoff. I don't think you need to pay that. I think there's reasons why people do. We used to get paid more money when we sold you those income riders. Did you know that? Companies teach people to sell those income riders. I don't think they're needed. I don't. We only work with companies that are in their A-rated categories. Expecting more reasonable rates of return is fine. Out of this world rates of return, not acceptable. Don't expect that. Understand their limitations. There's some fixed index annuities that are not right for you. Some are better for income next year. Some are better for income in 10 years. Some are better just to park your money and just take it out when you need it, right? They each have a different purpose because each account has a job to do. And remember, you're not going to use your retirement account to pay for your child's college or your grandchild's college. We have seen those mistakes time and again. We have seen uh, mistakes where you didn't save for an emergency and you had to dip into your retirement account, your 401k at work. That costs you sometimes huge fees. So avoid that. That's an important part. Right? I don't want you to be in a position where you end up spending money you don't need to spend. Because there's reasons why these guys are out there. The crooks are out there simply enough because they believe that you're not going to pay attention. They believe with a fancy suit, with a fancy office, with a fancy logo, with, a, with the title, I'm the vice president, regional vice president. Who cares? You realize most of these companies, if, if you're a broker and you work with these companies for more than, I don't know, six weeks, six months, whatever their term is, everybody's a vice president. Everybody. You're either new or you're a vice president. That's it. You're not going to be somebody who is some guy who's walking off the street a vice president. But eventually, after a few weeks, <laughs> and you find out where you park and you know where the stapler is, poof, you're a vice president. Because they found that everybody wants the status of working with the vice president. I don't care what you call them. Don't lose my money. I can't go backwards. I can't go back when I was 40 years old or 50 or, or, or 30 or 20 back and make that money back. I get it. You want to talk about ratios and percentages and just don't lose my money. And I want to make a little bit of interest every year, maybe a lot. Some years, maybe nothing. Our job is not to make you rich. That's not our job. The career choice you made, your spending habits, your spouse, the, the, whether or not you were educated formally or not, sometimes it helps, sometimes it hurts, depending on what you did. All of those things, that determines your wealth. Not magically appearing in my office one day and say, wave a magic wand because Arif's going to make me rich. It's not going to happen. No broker should ever, no financial agent, no, no advisor, no insurance agent, nobody should ever tell you that. But what Arif can do, what I can do, what Total Financial can do simply, keep you from going broke. That means we preserve your capital. There aren't any monthly or quarterly or annual fees. We get paid from the profits of the insurance company. We will not work for free. You will not work for free. We are paid because the insurance company that we work with, they are going to make money. They're going to make more than they give you. Just like when you walk into a bank, right? If you give your money to a bank, they don't lock it in a drawer and say, hey, this is Stevens, don't touch it. They lend it to him for a new car, for her for a new house, him for a boat. They charge higher interest. They pay you lower. They keep the profit. Basically what an insurance company does. They're going to make they give you from that profit. We've chosen to take that as payment in full. We're not going to double dip. We're not going to use words like we're fee-based, fee-only, fee, fee-whatever. Fee and then you understand that there's still profit built into the product that's going to pay somebody. That means you've paid twice for the same thing. Well, I'm going to get fiduciary guaranteed independent bias. Not true. You can't tell me that anybody out there is ever going to have 100% of your back. That's just not... That nobody understands all those products. We have one minute left on the show. And as we're going to sit down, we're going to go over the last couple of things here. Important. You have a question? Maybe we can help. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-99-RETIRE. 
Your family's finances count on you making the right decisions. Not on you making decisions that are confused. Truth and clarity, that's what we need, folks. We need an opportunity for you and your family to have a chance to save a little money, to grow your wealth, to find your purpose in life by understanding your money has to have a purpose too. And the purpose of your money isn't to just go and make your broker or the real estate agents rich or your financial agent rich or your, right? It's designed for you and your family. We're here for you anytime, folks. 888-99-RETIRE. Thanks for listening. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. Give me a call anytime this week. And I'll be happy to talk with you and maybe we can help. Thanks for listening. I'm Eric Halby. The Total Financial Hour on AM870. The answer. Strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a- The Total Financial Hour is brought to you by Total Financial Solutions. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.